ops, and a little bit of paranoia. Welcome to the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. Hello, folks, and welcome to episode number 90 of the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and tonight I am joined by Uncle Mark. Greetings, humans. I, and I have no idea what you tried to say to me when I started headbanging during the intro music, because it was uh, too I, loud. I couldn't hear the intro music. Like I could hear it a little bit, oh, and then yeah. it and then it just kind of went blargled out. And then I heard your little news ops and a little bit of paranoia. Yeah, I think I think that Zoom tries to do smart things and uh, cut out what it thinks is background noise. And, you know what? You know, you know, if I wanted Zoom to do smart things, I'd marry it. It, or try to like live my life for me it can it can stop now i wouldn't i wouldn't try to marry zoom that'd be bad uh, uh, that just well, sounds weird zoom's, zoom's been with so many people this year that it has know, it has yeah no one wants that nobody wants that talk about sloppy millions okay, we'll stop that there <laughs> yeah oh that's right we're still sort of family yeah. friendly that's right hi yeah hey, nerds. all right so <sighs> It's Security Awareness Month. Did you know that, Mark? I was not aware. Ah, ah. No, actually, I think I saw you mention that in the Slack the other day, but I was not aware until you mentioned it. Oh, Although, yeah, you, you weren't aware should... of it. Yeah. O- October is uh, Security Awareness Month and probably some other collection of insert thing month here because every month has to have a theme anymore, it seems. Right. You know, Hallmark. I, I blame Hallmark. It's Hallmark's fault. Totally Hallmark's fault. Uh, So yeah, Security Awareness Month, and for folks in IT, folks especially folks that are in security in IT, or even operations in IT, use October as a time to, you know, sort of kick off uh, security awareness programs, or just do presentations, or have people come and speak, you know, stuff like that, depending on where where you're at, and what you're doing, and whatever. And uh, this year, I don't know if it was specifically themed around security awareness or not, but there certainly felt like... I don't know, kind of a, a tinge of security awareness to it, but uh, our employer, Red Hat, hosted a CTF, which is probably one of the coolest um, responses to Security Awareness Month I think I've ever experienced. <laughs> yeah, they handed out those Velcro belts with the yellow flags on them, and we rented a big field, and it was... It, oh, wait. That's the wrong kind of CTF. Kind. Oh, okay. You're talking about flag football, which is totally foreign to me. <laughs> mm, it's sports ball without a ball no there's a ball there's no tackling oh they're right you know i'm thinking capture the flag actually oh capture the flag yeah that's different i get and i guess you don't have the belts with the flags you have one flag no no mark you man you're, you're just all over the place i thought I, just, I need to drink more bourbon i thought i was the one that didn't know anything about sports and yet here i am correcting you mm. <laughs> whatever I hope you know about CTFs though, because otherwise this, otherwise this, this, we're going to end this trip real quick. Fly right. too close to right. a star, it'll, it'll, bounce off of a supernova. It'll be, yeah, right. It'll be a, a real quick main topic if that's the case. No. So, uh, CTF, if anyone doesn't know what a CTF is, it's a capture the flag, uh, competition. And just like Mark was alluding to with capture the flag, where, uh, you have to run across a field and try to get to your opponent's flag. Or I don't know what was it Quake Three Arena that had a uh, capture the flag mode. In fact, a like every <laughs> every first person shooter that has online competition mode has a capture the flag mode, where your goal like, is to uh, get to the other team's flag. Yeah, Warsong Gulch in World of Warcraft. 
Warsong Gulch. I actually never played there. You never played in the battleground Warsong Gulch, the capture the flag match. You could totally, you could be, you'd be accused of seriously cheating if your team had the audacity to have a healer. Oh, because the healer could actually heal the flag carrier or heal the other players. And that's cheating. That's cheating. It it, it was (laughs) considered, it was considered cheating by people who didn't realize that actually having a healer in player versus player is a good idea. Right. Right. It's totally cheating by using all of the game game mechanics to your advantage. So uh, speaking of cheating, right. Um, (laughs) That doesn't quite relate anyway. Uh, I'm thinking of cheating and hackers, right? Because uh, CTF is basically uh, in the information security space or in quote unquote hacker conferences, a CTF is a capture the flag competition where you try to break into or, or circumvent security measures to get a piece of data. And that data is your flag. And then the flag, you then sort of report to a scoreboard and you get points for it, or, you know, maybe simply attaining the flag grants you points, whatever. Um, in the case of the one that Red Hat ran, it was once you solved it, you put the flag in and boom, you had the points. So um, the reason I'm bringing it up on our show, which is not an InfoSec show specifically, I mean, we do generally talk about security as, as it relates to uh, IT and ops. Right, healthy dose of paranoia. Healthy dose of paranoia. We've always had sort of a bend towards security on this show just because it's things that Jason and I were always interested in, and that just stuck with the show as things moved, even if Jason's not around, uh, like tonight. So anyway, um, I've participated in a couple of CTF competitions, and it's the sort of thing where you're like, well, why would a sysadmin care? And that's what I wanted to talk about on tonight's show. Why would a sysadmin, or really a developer, or almost anybody that works in IT want to participate in a capture the flag competition. And uh, I feel like uh, a CTF is a great way to expand your skill set and maybe learn a little more about how to do things in a more secure way, right? So as part of the DEF CON 610 group, uh, we ran a capture the flag contest last year. Was it last year? Yeah, I guess it was last year. It would before have been the dark times. before the dark times. It would have been, it would have happened again this year around this time of year, <clears throat> because that was, that's just when, uh, when we had it last year, uh, where we incorporated a pub crawl and a capture the flag competition. And in that case, members of DEF CON 610 would create flags on little computers like Raspberry Pis or Arduinos or whatever they want to do. And then they would, you know, we place them at different bars around uh, Eastern Pennsylvania with the bar's permission. And we made an event out of it. And I wrote a couple flags. And then, uh, of course, I couldn't get any points for my own flags. But I participated by capturing flags on all the other members' you know, devices. And um, I forget if I've told this story on the air before or not. But <clears throat> there was one I was working on where it was like a web application where there was a built-in... There was a way to exploit it to get a shell through the web application. And this thing had three different flags on it. And each one had a hint about, you know, where to find the next flag. And um, the first one got you to this web shell. So I'm like, oh, cool, I got a shell. Found my flag, put in the code, got my points. And then uh, the the next one gave me a hint. And uh, it had to do with another piece of the web application. I'm like, well, I've got this shell here. Let me see if I can use that to get to the other flag. 
Sure enough, there it was. It was just like within the file system somewhere. Bam, I got the other flag. And then Bam. the third one was the same deal. It's like, okay, and then there's this other thing. I'm like, okay, let's see if I can find that one. Sure enough, I went around the back way and I found the other flag. So later I was talking to the guy who ran, who built that particular one. And he's like, oh man, you got all three of my flags. That's pretty cool. Like, he's like, how did you do this and how did you do that? I'm like, I used your shell. And he looked at me like, you did what? <laughs> he's like, wow. he's like, that's not the way I meant you to get those flags. Well, you know, I'm like, well, you give us this admitted shell. What do you want? You give a mouse a cookie. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, I, I have no idea how I was supposed to get those flags or what I would have learned from doing it. But hey, I got them right, and that's one of the things about a, a CTF. It doesn't matter how you got the flag. As long well, as you didn't break the rules, you get the points. Right. And and there were rules, right? I yeah. I've until this week I had never done a CTF. Part of me had always been intrigued by the idea, but another part of me was like um always kind of like too nervous or was like I don't I don't really know what I'm doing. Like mm -hmm. how how could I possibly figure this stuff out? Um now to be honest, I I didn't capture too many flags because I, I worked on it a bit and then got uh, distracted by my day job. And I had a pretty important thing that I was working on for, for a presentation tomorrow. Yep. But I guess there's still time if I have, well, if I had time right now, I could do that. Yeah. You, uh, the, the point collection stopped at uh, noon, I think today, but you can no Darth right. Vader. No from episode three, but okay. the challenges are still up there. If you wanted to do them just for fun. I felt like it. If yeah. you felt like it, obviously. Right. So, um, so which, uh, which ones did you, did you actually manage to get? There were a couple softballs in there. Did you manage to so get any, I did any the, of the I did ones? the softball ones that were around the security policy. I mean, that's nothing a control F couldn't help you find. Yep. But the, I did the next two, which were about, uh, which were about HTTP. Uh, and mm -hmm. why it's important to have it encrypted. Right. So I was like super pleased with myself that I was able to to read the Wireshark, you know, the packet capture using Wireshark and Wireshark, no Wireshark. Wireshark. Shark. Is that like from Boston? Is that how you pronounce Wireshark? Yeah, Wireshark. Wireshark. Yeah. Get That's damn terrible. Washington. That's a terrible, terrible Boston accent. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pissa. But uh, yeah, that was wicked cool. Wicked cool. Uh, reading those packet captures. <laughs> and, you know, we were talking about this. The first one, I was able to find the flag fairly easy because I I did a find looking for flag and it was there. Mm -hmm. The second one, the flag was embedded in such a way that Wireshark couldn't, couldn't just find the text string, which taught me a little bit about Wireshark. Mm -hmm. But by perusing, um, I took a Nate hint and I perused specific types of packets, and up oh, there it was. There it was there indeed. Was the flag. So that was kind of cool. And then after that, I got distracted by my day job. Yeah, I uh, I too put most of my time in on Monday. Probably put too much time in. I should have been paying more attention to my day job. But eh. uh, nothing caught fire, and uh, nobody noticed. So we're we're good. <laughs> so but, you uh, think. Yeah, so I think. Uh, and then the rest of my week got a little bit more busy. Um, not because I ignored things on Monday, but because that's just how it works as a TAM. Sometimes they're quiet, sometimes they're not. You ain't wrong, brother. Yeah, right. Uh, so um, I got a total of like 23, I think, of the flags. 
23 23 out of Gosh. i don't know there there might have been 30 total there were wow all of the really high point value ones i didn't get yeah were, i looked at the last flag just to just for giggles i'm like are you kidding me it looked like you almost had to break a code yeah so the the one which was worth 150 i forget what it was now but i got that one it was basically a, a cipher that you had to oh it was the one that was it was base 64 and they took a specific character out of the base 64 encoding and you had to kind of figure out where to put the characters back which was basically i just kind of trial and errored that one i just brute forced it i figured uh, out yeah. i figured out what character it was and then i started putting it every so often to uh, to figure out where to where to uh you know how to get the the string back. Well, I don't know if that was the right way to do it, but I got it in about an hour. <laughs> so when we talk about the rules of the right way to do it, that that's kind of that that's kind of one of the things I wanted to say. You know, your mm -hmm. your buddy who set up the flag is like, that's not how I meant you to do it. Yeah. Um, Red Hat they gave us very specific rules. Uh, these challenges were hosted on an OpenShift cluster, and we we were told specifically do not attack the infrastructure. Mm -hmm. That's like that, that, that's not a valid way to find these flags. So had you gone in and like tried to hack admin or something to see that, to read the backend source code of the challenges or whatever that way, right. that would have been an illegitimate solve. Right. So in most CTFs, that's one of the rules. Don't attack the infrastructure because sure you might get the flag and maybe there's no way for, or maybe you can do it in such a way that you're not detected uh, but you could ruin it for everybody else, which is just generally not a cool thing to do, right? Mm. Um, I run, well, ran anyway for, I've mentioned this several times on the podcast, but I ran the, the Hack You're going to talk Derby, about the Raspberry Pi and the, the hat. The Raspberry Pi and the hat. The, well, see, that was the basis for the flags that we did for the DEF CON 610 uh, pub crawl, right? We, I basically yeah. took that platform and I said, here's how I did this. Here's the framework you guys can use, because I built it in such a way that you could sort of reuse it, right? Change the stuff around, and here's how you can generate your flag codes. Change and here's how the my, stuff around. Right? Do, 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 here's how my do. scoreboard works, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. you know, all these hackers were like, awesome! All I have to do is write the write a container, basically, that is my flag, and uh, your your thing will just give it a code? Awesome, let's do that. So most of them did it that way, but... You're just you're just super proud of the Raspberry Pi and the hat. Look, that took a lot of work, and I was very. I'm not happy saying about that. you shouldn't be. <laughs> I'm just saying it's like you know, when you get to know somebody, uh, and we don't not just computer people do this. When you get to know somebody, and then and then you hang out with that person, and and you and you run into new people. There's a, you always know when the go-to story is going to pop up. You've probably started to figure that out with me. I've, I'm sure I've got a few go-to stories. But with Nate, it's the Raspberry Pi and the hat. Look, that That's, thing was awesome. How many people do you know that run a computer I, in a hat? I, I can't. I can't blame you for it. You know that at the moment someone mentions mentions ribs or smoking, what am I going to start talking? You start about? talking about the egg. I'm going to start talking about the egg. You, you betcha. Yep. Oh, there, there's Greg Scott. And when I when when Greg Scott comes up, what's the topic probably going to be? Clayton Oosterhouse. Clayton Oosterhouse. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's all the it's these various triggers, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the Derby hat. No, but that and that's really cool. Anyway, the point I was trying to make was that 
you know, I have some experience there running my own CTF, even though it was very tiny as far as, you know, the scope well, of a normal sized. CTF goes. But again, that was one of the rules. Don't attack the infrastructure because you're just, it was a Raspberry Pi and it was barely glued together the first year I did it. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. you're going to, you're an experienced InfoSec professional is going to walk all over the damn thing. So uh, there's a certain amount of honor system that has to go into that. Please don't destroy the infrastructure because all you're doing is ruining the contest and there's no reason to do that. And is that some, like, you know, you always hear about things like, you know, DEFCON Vegas, you know, you can't, you shouldn't bring your own phone or a real computer because it'll be hacked to pieces. The, the, the folk who participate in the CTFs there, I assume, are they, are they like honorable Klingon hackers? I mean, I guess like in the CTFs, I've, I've never done it at DEFCON. Uh, but I saw the folks participating in the CTF at DerbyCon, and they mm -hmm. all seemed too involved in trying to get the to score points to do anything truly malicious. Because when you're when the when there's prizes like those on the line, uh, you you don't like you're not interested in causing chaos. You're interested in scoring points. So right. You're, you're you don't want to be the Frangie right? in the room. You're right. going to be the honorable Klingon. Right. Right. So, um, but yeah, it's. And to your point about um, feeling like you were never really like, I don't want to say welcome, but you were never really in the right class to, to, to be in a CTF, to participate in a CTF, uh, even with all of my experience and all my exposure to that world, I've never competed in, in like the DerbyCon CTF. Right? Now, and I don't want to be perfectly clear about something here. I, I have never been in a situation where I've been like, I should try a CTF. And then some stinky nerd says, ha, you're right. not good enough to do that. It was right. like, no, it was more like me saying it's intriguing, but is it the kind of thing that I would even enjoy doing? And I will say having, having participated in the red hat one, it was actually pretty cool. So my appetites definitely whetted. I, I think I think once we're out of this this COVID nonsense and you do the uh, we do the six one zero one again, hey, it's Josh. Hey, uh, Josh then showed I up. Will, I will. I imagine I'll I'll participate in that and see how well I can do. Yeah. So the DefCon Pub Crawl CTF was definitely a great time, and I, being part of the staff, right? I was basically stuck at Two Rivers. Um, you know, drinking and eating, stuck, stuck uh, monitoring the scoreboard and making sure that anyone that, that needed help, you know, figuring out where the different pubs were or whatever, that there was somebody there. Cause that was kind of like our base of operations. Yeah. We had people at all the different pubs, uh, but we needed somebody at, um, at two rivers. And that was me. So I didn't get to socialize as much. I didn't get to participate in any of the other pubs and I still had a great time. Well, right. two rivers has some delicious food. Oh yeah. Including that peanut butter burger. Oh man, Which I was doesn't I was eating sound like it would be good. I Which, was eating oh. their oh. short rib poutine like all afternoon. Oh my word. <laughs> yeah. You ate so much short rib poutine that you turned Canadian I and there were long ribs. I could have been rolled out of there at the end of the night. You started apologizing to everybody. Yeah, right. You right. ate so much poutine you went Canadian. Right, right. So uh at any rate, yeah, the um I guess you're trying to get back things back on on, on topic here, right? Um, I don't know why. The well, there's a reason there's a main topic, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Where I'm, I'm giving you all this backstory to simply say <laughs> that um, as an ops person or as a sysadmin or as a, as a developer, as someone who's not strictly an infosec professional or a hacker, quote unquote, or a red teamer or, you know, whatever, anyone that works in that space, 
uh, participating in a CTF can help teach you uh, a lot of tricks or maybe a lot of technologies that could benefit your day, your day job, essentially, or your role as a developer or a sysadmin, uh, and yet be fun, right, at the same time. So it's more like a game, right? So during this particular CTF, I got exposed to, and during other CTFs for that matter, I've, I've gotten exposed to a lot of, like, crypto challenges where, um, you know, you can sort of see how a weak cipher is easy to break or a self-written cipher. That was one of the challenges on this one. Uh, was was tough to or was easy to break, not easy easy, but breakable by a novice like us, right? Um, how some of the ciphers from sort of the old days, like you know the ciphers. You have to think about encryption. Is it's it started with notes being passed on paper, right? That had to be crypted in some way that say soldiers couldn't intercept them, right? Sure. And some of the ciphers today are still based on those things. They're not strong anymore, but yeah. sorry, you're trying to speak. No, to no, <laughs> I, a, 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 TV, a TV series that my daughter Abby and I really loved was uh, Turn, which was about spies during the American Revolution, mm -hmm. and they had all this. They had a lot of spycraft going on, and mm -hmm. they had the the encoded messages and stuff, and the invisible ink, yeah, all that stuff. So. Um... One of the common ciphers that are used as an example of this is called the Caesar cipher. And Hail Caesar! I can't describe to you on the air how it works because I don't have it memorized, but it's one of these quote-unquote simpler ciphers, and it's used as an example to teach people how basically cryptography can work. But it's dirt simple to crack, right? And there's a lot of cases where you have like lower-end CTFs where they'll have, a C they'll have a Caesar cipher in there, and you just need to decipher it, and that's your flag. Um, is it uh, is it like the cipher from a Christmas story with the Ovaltine ring? <laughs> kind of. Um, it, it basically has to do with you have a keyword, and then the keyword offsets your words, right? So the keyword would be like bacon or something. And then based on the number of the alphabet that each letter in your keyword are, all of the letters in your cipher move that far, right? I think that's how that works. Anyway. That, sounds, that sounds legit. I think they use that, uh, they use a Caesar cipher in Fallout 76 when you decode the nuke launch codes, but some nerd every every week that the launch codes reset, there's a web page where they did that work for you. <laughs> you just go pink. You just go to the, yeah, five minutes after the, the silos unlock, someone's already figured out the cipher because who the hell wants to do that? But yeah, yeah, but I'm pretty sure it is a Caesar cipher. Well, I mean, that's kind of fun, right? That they included that in the game. It is fun. It is fun. fun because the first nerds to see it and the game kind of gives you a hint as to what you need to do. And if you're at all in this field, it's, it's obvious, right? Yeah, that's right. cool. This, uh, a lot of this stuff, you know, the, the puzzles and things like that. Yeah. That, that, that's fun. It's almost like trying to. It's almost like trying to make real world, real world, uh, you know, D and D puzzles for nerds. Right, and that's really what it is. Uh, CTF is just a big puzzle. You don't have to be some lead hacker. You don't have to be able to walk past people's firewalls. You don't have to be able to break web applications. A lot of it, uh, and a lot of CTFs that I've participated in, are really just a big puzzle. They're just IT themed. They're IT themed puzzles. Yeah. Um, but uh, another good example from this particular CTF was there was one that had to do with memory dump. You had a mem they, you're provided a memory dump, and you're told 
you know, there's this thing that you need to find in the memory dump, and it's specific enough that you could, you should be able to find it if you're at least familiar with how to navigate a memory dump. Well, I wasn't, right? So uh, I spent like seven hours. <laughs> this was from the Rat Hat CTF. Yeah. Yeah, I spent like seven hours. This was last night after work because I just I wanted to get this flag. Because you're Jason's listening. Is it? Well, no, I'm. This is I'm being serious. This was after work. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I you're right. You're right. No, uh, I spent like seven hours last night uh, trying to get this damn memory dump decoded. And I'm even like talking to the folks in DefCon Six One Zero because at that point, I didn't care if I got the points right. You so just I was, wanted to. You I'm just like wanted I wanted to... to solve the damn thing. <laughs> And I, uh, um, uh, I didn't solve it. I didn't get through it, even with oh, the help no. of the folks on DefCon Six One Zero. There's one guy there who's just like he runs a a red team company, and even he didn't he didn't get it like immediately, which is kind of what I expected from him. Uh, but he, <laughs> even he was like, you know what? I'm gonna go back to my TV show. You can good luck. He's like, here's a couple hints. Have fun. They didn't help me at all because I was just, I was just completely oh, out of my no. depth. But the the point is, I learned a little something about how memory works and how a memory dump works and what a memory dump looks like and how you can decode it. Even though I didn't get the data I was looking for, I did get like it was from a Windows machine. Was the memory dump? I was able to pull process IDs and see all the stuff that was running on the machine when the memory right. dump was captured. Right. So that was kind of fun. I was and, able and to that, dump. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. And that skill set. To your original point from 20 minutes ago, is it been 20 minutes ago? <laughs> Might be. Uh, you know, technology stuff, anybody, I, I, I say, and I mean it, that anybody can learn nerd stuff if they want to. Yeah. The problem is getting the, if I want to, um, I'm from an era and you, you sort of saw the end of this era, but I'm from an era where when you were a computer person with a personal computer, you actually needed to, to get your hands very, very dirty. I, 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 I always point back at that Apple II, mm -hmm. but like when my dad bought the Apple II, he shortly bought a printer afterwards. There's no concept of a printer driver on an Apple II. It's it's PR number sign one turns on the printer and then everything that goes to what would be standard out gets printed and then PR number sign zero turns it off. I'm pretty sure I remember those commands, which is a little scary considering I can't remember my kids' names. <laughs> PR number sign six reboots the machine. Those, those negative get, 151 drops you into the monitor. Shit that never leaves your head. Those get written to long-term memory and they never but leave. But the point is, if you, if, you, if you were writing a program in BASIC, and a lot of people learned to program in BASIC who, mm -hmm. earned, who owned an Apple II, um, and you want it to print, you essentially were controlling that printer manually for all intents and purposes, you would write subroutines that functioned as print drivers. And most programs that ran on the Apple II, there were two types of programs. Now I'm sounding like Grandpa Simpson. I'm just, and we lower living on our belt and 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 we called Nichols bees because we just that's what we did. <laughs> now you um Programs were either in machine language, which good luck figuring out how those worked, or they were in basic. Mm -hmm. So this whole idea of open source 
Well, you had the source. It was right there. So you would often take basic programs and modify them, including things like adding the ability to print or, or change, you know, customizing them in some other way. Uh, so the point here, here's my point. At some point, computers went from something that you did because you loved it. And most of the people who were doing that were doing that to mom and dad said, yo, Tommy, you want to make money, be yeah. a computer guy. Mm-hmm. And it became just another job. Yep. And then at the enterprise level, you have a very siloed world in a lot of companies where I just know this one technology. Like I know I'm a database guy or I'm a storage guy mm-hmm. or I'm, you know, just a Linux guy. And by by narrowing your focus so much, you lose sight, I think, of how all this stuff works together. So things like CTFs, like I'm not great with 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 Wireshark. I wish I was better at reading packet captures. And by participating in the CTF, well, that can help me in my day job because sometimes we have customers who are trying to you know, they have a network issue You're using NFS and it's misbehaving or there's other network nonsense going on. And so if I can help, if I can understand how to read a packet capture better, then I can participate in helping them solve their problems. Or if I can at least understand some of these tools. Right. I'm at the point now <clears throat> where I can in about 30 seconds look at a VM core and blame McAfee for taking the machine out. <laughs> I know how to do that now. And a handful of other, a handful of other usual suspect VM, VM core dumps. Yeah. Now there, sometimes I look at a core, I'm like, eh. and then no someone idea. like, someone like Lambda, that's his, uh, that's his IRC neck. He'll look at the core and he'll be like, blah, and, and he'll spew stuff out about the kernel that I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm yeah, not that. worthy. That's totally yeah. what I saw too. Yeah, good job. I was yeah. just testing you. I, I can't even fake that. <laughs> but but by so by participating in things like CTFs, by by uh, learning how the computers actually work, um, I think it can't be anything but helpful. Yeah. You know, I was going to make a smart aleck comment when you said, "Well, October is you know Security Month." It, you know how, like, I don't know if you if you pull this line with your kids, like it's Mother's Day or Father's Day, and the kids are like, well, why can't it be Kids Day? And then you respond to them, what's the snarky parental response? Kids Day every day? Every day is Kids Day. <laughs> we need to turn you into an older, crankier parent. Okay. So every month in IT really should be Security Month. Yeah, I mean, there's really no reason to let that lax throughout the rest of the month or throughout the rest of the year. Um, yeah. But you I mean, know, get, we, we had to I pick get the somewhere. Intention of, I get the intention. Yeah, this during this month we focus on it. Right. I, I wonder if that came because in in normal years, you know, where we can actually travel and go to conferences, um, mm-hmm. a lot of the security conferences happen around sort of this time of year, like starting about a month ago or a month and a half ago, and they would lead into October, November, uh, and then like late October, early November is like the end of the security con season. Right. And I wonder if that's 
Right. I wonder if that's what gave birth to Security Awareness Month. I don't know if it Maybe. is or not, but yeah. Maybe or you know, October's Halloween, that's spooky. Security is spooky. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> spooky. So anyway, but I wanna good stuff though. I wanna tie this up with basically if you're an IT professional of any level and you've heard of a CTF or you've had a chance to participate in a CTF and you turned it down because you thought that you were going to be outclassed or that you had no business participating or that it had nothing to do with your role in IT, I'm going to tell you that in most cases, it has something to do with your role in IT. You should try it out. If you're at all interested, you should give it a try. See, you know, one, you might learn something. Two, you might learn that you're interested in InfoSec, and maybe that could be a career for you if you're good at it and you really want to do it. Um, maybe. And three, they're just fun. It's a. F- I did. I did have fun. I. I will say, and, and I think that's so important, right? Um, when when someone says, "Well, how do I learn something?" Like they've got a technology they want to learn or whatever. The advice I always give them is have some sort of a project like have a point to it and then you'll actually enjoy it and right. then you'll actually learn. Right. Like when I, when I wanted to learn OpenShift originally, my end goal was to containerize Minecraft and have Minecraft running on my OpenShift cluster in my house. Now I never got there just because things happened and I got sidetracked, but I did end up building my home lab. I did end up learning OpenShift. I did end up learning a whole bunch of other stuff. And I had, I had quite a bit of fun doing it. And the CTF, I think, for me this week, even my light participation was a lot of fun, and I learned a few things. Yeah, I had a great time with uh, the flag that I that I did complete. I I do wish that I had more time to work on it, but you know, it's got to end sometime, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, it was a it was a great time. I I enjoyed everything I did. I, I learned a few things, uh, and you know. Just all in all, it was a good thing. A good time. Yeah. Going to dive head first into the next one, I believe. So, Give yeah. Myself more time. We've, um, so participating in that CTF had sort of prompted me to poke our DEF CON group to say, hey, we should probably start thinking about next year's pub crawl because it's at least reasonable to think that we might be able to congregate again by next fall, which is probably oh, when we'll Oh, God, host. I hope so. Yeah, right. If we can't, we'll have a lot more suicides on our hand, I think. <laughs> Heck with the uh, the COVID death rate, right? But uh, yeah, so hopefully once uh, once the world is back to something more resembling normal, we can get we can all get together and do that. So if you're in in this in the the northeast uh, PA region or near there, uh, I, I would invite you guys to come out. But I'll have more on that once we get closer to it. So at any rate, I think what we're going to do is go to a short break. And then we'll come back with our usual chat section. Very short. So we will see you guys in just Maybe a few minutes. Maybe not. Not as long as usual. How about that? All right. We'll be right back. Yay. Short break. Oh, I thought we were going to do a little musical interlude. Damn, I got... Well, fortunately, my pants are up, but I metaphorically got caught with them down, <laughs> which nobody wants. Nobody me. wants. No, no, I can't... Well, okay, whatever. I guess I could do the... There you go. 
You know, well, the, <laughs> the horse is out of the barn already, dude. Come on. Yeah, guilt. Mm. <laughs> I've never, I've never really felt, uh, felt it necessary to try a kilt, but I, I have some friends who are into them. That's that's going in the show notes now. Mark wants to try a kilt. <laughs> it's totally not what I said. Uh, it's totally what you said. It's not what I said at all. Oh man, help me, baby Jesus. Hmm. Uh, Utila kilts, yes, Josh. Those things are awesome. I feel like you guys have this whole inside, all these inside jokes. I don't know. I guess no, I know so what it's like. I don't know. If you can buy them anymore, or where ThinkGeek used to get kilts. them, but ThinkGeek used to sell a utility kilt, which was mm. a picture a tactical kilt. That's the best way to describe it. It had all kinds of pockets, and it had like rings tactical to hang stuff kilt. on and whatever. And um, oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I'd say I googled it, but I use DuckDuckGo now as my default search engine because I now use Brave. Are you angry at Google? I'm kind of angry uh, at Google, but we'll talk about that later. I'm indirectly angry at Google because okay. I can't watch my 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 YouTube music videos without having annoying commercial breaks right in the middle of them. Yeah. Which was really what pushed me over to the edge. That's how creators get paid, man. And forced me to use Brave. Forced me at gunpoint. How creators get paid. I'm not going to say I like commercials either, but that is how creators get paid. So, you know, I'm kind of, I don't know. <sighs> Deep sigh. If, if Iron Sysadmin had, con- had uh, commercials, would you, uh, would you skip them? Because we kind of did for a while there as we were promoting those well, conferences from Manning. I don't, I generally don't go back and watch Iron Sysadmin on YouTube. <gasps> no, it, if, I, <laughs> if I review a show, I listen to the podcast <laughs> on my phone. Most right. of the time when I'm, when I'm driving one of my kids to or from college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't miss having a commute for my job. I mean, I didn't have a commute before the dark <clears throat> times, before the empire. Yeah. I Although miss, uh... we occasionally had like the trips to customers or to a, to a mm-hmm. gathering, but I haven't had a regular commute for a very long time. Yeah. I, I miss having time to listen to podcasts, which I think is where you were going. <laughs> I mean, I could just listen to them in my house, but that just seems weird. Yeah, I I do I do listen to to music usually when I do my after lunch walk, which I could listen to short podcasts because that's usually about a half hour. But instead, I just normally throw on one of my playlists. Yeah, I um I I try to make it a point to listen to podcasts when I'm sitting working, but it just never works out well. Yeah, and I'm a Patreon, so uh, right there you, you go. You generate more revenue from me than you would if I watched stupid YouTube ads. You're right. You're right. YouTube YouTube ads are not a great way to make any kind and, of money. And my my labor has to count for something, right? Right. I mean, this right. has some value, I hope. Otherwise, you'd be talking to yourself. Yeah, that wouldn't be any good. Nobody wants that. Yeah. So, speaking of patrons, that's a great great transition there, Mark. I try. <laughs> It's time for our usual Patreon update, and uh, we are making about 84 bucks a month from Patreon, so thank you to all the patrons. Uh, let me get the list right in front of me here so I can read it Anyone without new? looking off screen. No, there's nobody new this uh, this month. Uh, we, got a, we got an influx of them a month or two ago, 
It is a healthy size list, I will say. Two or three new ones. Yeah, there's 18 of you. So awesome. Thank you to all 18 of you. Uh, We got Robert, Matt, David, Solemn, Erwin, Trooper Ish, Linux666, Gimpy B, Ryan, Mark with a K, Dementor from PowerShell on Linux, uh, John, Mark with a C. Hi. Wonder who that is. Uh, Julius. me. We're not even going to pretend. That's me. Right. Julius, Andy, Jay, Charles, and 22532 is still on the list. As usual, I lift my glass to two. I lift my glass to all of our patrons, but I have a special affinity for Mr. Two. What are you going to do if he ever stops giving? I'll be sad. A single man tear will roll down my cheek. Yeah. Single man tier. Well, he's he's he was our first patron. It's still there. I know. So, or I, they. I don't know. Maybe it's a she. For all I know, with a name like two two five three two. Who knows? <laughs> so two anyway. has transcended gender. Indeed, two living is just, in the matrix now is just a number. Two successfully had its consciousness uploaded to the network. Indeed, indeed. Would so, you do that if you had the opportunity? Upload myself to the matrix. Right. Upload yourself to the matrix. You, you're, you're about to die, and and suddenly we have the technology to upload yourself to the matrix. Would that be something you would do? I think if I were dying anyway, yeah. <laughs> mm. I don't. I don't think it's something I would do uh, like just on a whim tomorrow, right? I think there's there's a certain amount of life to be lived in uh, in the fleshy form. <laughs> mm, very fleshy. But, uh, yeah. So anyway, um, on the note of money, if you want some Iron Sysadmin merch, like t-shirts or mugs or whatever, you can do so. You can find find them on Teespring, teespring.com slash stores slash Iron Sysadmin, or of course you can give directly uh, via Patreon, patreon.com slash Iron Sysadmin. And this promo I had in here about the Manning Women in Tech Conference can be deleted because it happened last week. I don't know if anybody went, but if you did, let me know. I, uh, I tuned into one or two of the... Uh, talks just because i felt like i should <laughs> since we were sponsoring the show and all but or the the conference and all but uh i didn't really get a chance to, to tune into much of it so what i saw was good good we have somebody commenting on twitch hi i like pizza I also like, is that pizza? Pizza with two Is that their Nick or they're just saying they like pizza? No, that's their Nick. I also like pizza. (laughs) I had some fantastic pizza in uh, Hoboken this weekend. Benny Totino's. Benny Totino's. They have slices of pie the size of an infant. They're huge. Wow, that sounds... And the crust is so good. Because even though I am a fan of my new adopted home state, my my fellow Pennsylvanians do not know how to make pizza. They just don't have a clue. Now I'm, one, pizza now I'm wondering Hut, if I'm yeah. And Domino's is not pizza. No, Domino's and Pizza Hut are like their own class of pizza. They're not pizza. There's some dough with sauce, but New Jersey, New York, that style pizza, ah, to die for. And Benny Tadino's is just amazing. I've had some pretty good pizza here in. Yeah, but I don't know. I haven't had that much New York, or maybe any New York pizza. Maybe in the aftertime, which is what I'm going to call it, you know, after we can travel to New York again. After the return of the Jedi. We uh, we can, we can when we go to we'll go on one of our New York trips, maybe we can get some pizza instead of your, your, your sticky chicken. We can, we can certainly do that. Although, the chicken is good. 
It, it is indisputably delicious. But that's why you have two you have two meals. You have lunch and dinner. We can do chicken for lunch and pizza for dinner, or vice versa. So uh, I like pizza. God, I'm getting he, hungry. I like pizza. Says he likes your beard, Mark. Oh, thank you. I guess that means he doesn't like mine. What the hell? It is not made out of pizza. Mine's short. No, now, he's just he's respecting cool. his elder. Oh, he likes my glasses. Good, thank you. No, okay. <laughs> you don't have to stroke his ego. This, pizza. this makes you, this, you don't have to tell him anything. This makes for great audio content for the podcast. It does. It does. So. All right, so I did check to see if we have any new reviews this week, and there are none. Aw. I know. I mean, Maybe I, that, I Like Pizza could drop us a review. That, that could be good or bad. So, folks, if you want to uh, leave us a review, or if you think you left one and I missed it, let me know. But do so via your usual pad- podcast channels, and I should hopefully catch them, even though it's hard to check everywhere. Uh, so, mm. yeah, leave a review. Or you can just comment on the YouTube video, or I suppose you can comment on Twitch. I don't know. I'm new to the Twitch Rate thing. the show. Rate the show. Yeah. Give us four or five stars. No, we need like six stars. Six stars. That's awesome. I mean, speaking about Capture the Flag contest, if you can figure out a way to leave us six stars. You'll get a lot of points for that. You win. You'll get points. Internet points. We're not sure what we're going to give them, but they win. <laughs> uh, so they anyway. could, Maybe they could spend a weekend with my baby Yoda. Baby Yoda, baby, baby Yoda. Anyway. Wow. It's got the tag on and everything. Is that going to be a collector's item someday? Yeah, I don't know. It's a Build-A-Bear Baby Yoda, and I just didn't tear the tag off. <laughs> My daughter comes downstairs a couple of months ago. She's like, you can order Baby Yoda on Build-A-Bear. It was, my order was complete within five minutes. Nice. Bam, nice. done. I not, even, when- not even a second thought. That for those, of, for those of you who are our younger audience, or even if you're not young, but like, if you're like, that's like the best part of being older with, with kids who are sort of out, like spending money. I don't even think about it. Boom. Just like, yes, Gone. I'm going to buy that. Impulse buys Baby Yoda. Impulse buys are so much easier. I spent 20 friggin' years not having money where I could do that. Forget it. I'm done. I'm, but Baby Yoda's mine. Baby Yoda. Yeah. Baby, baby Yoda, baby Yoda, baby, baby Yoda. So I just, I just, the, the, the comment about collector's item, I just remember in the nineties, it was like everything you bought was, it'll be a collector's item someday. Oh, I like, like pizzas. Those. Is he coming through on the, on the, on the stream there? Yeah. Yep. Cause I don't see that in the YouTube. Now well, no, I feel that's like cause he's on Twitch open. That's well, cause he's I on Twitch. I, I, but I can't read it because. Cause it's tiny. It's tiny could, and I'm old. You could go to Twitch. Old. Old, old. I could do that, I suppose. Go to Twitch. I could go to Twitch on my phone. Don't we have a section we're supposed to be doing here? I think so. We're at the chat someone's part. Gonna, someone's going to leave us a bad review. I know, we're because we're off the rails. Uncle like, Mark just like totally. Like, like the Iron Sissipin podcast is always right yeah, on point. We're shot. We're right. We're, <laughs> we're, we're always totally on point. We never, we never. Uh, uh, all right. Now, 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 you're, gotta, now, now I, I can hear it. No, this is weird. I can't. How do I mute it? (laughs) Oh, come on. Quick, mute it. (laughs) I'll just turn the volume all the way down. The old Uh, man approach. The old man Um, approach. My gosh. So the Uh, chat doesn't have all the chat. I have Mr. Cuckoo. Yeah. Cuckoo. Yep. He's one of our usual viewers. Oh, so Twitch doesn't actually have. Doesn't have like a history. Twitch has failed me. 
which has failed has you. Has failed me. So at any rate. Oh, history. Uh, the only other announcement I wanted to bring up before we get into the, the normal chat section, even though we're kind of already there, is uh, we're coming up on the fourth year of the podcast. If I remember correctly, it's going to be our next episode. Will be like our four year mark, right? That we've been doing this thing for four mm. years. You have. So, um, yeah, right. That I, and I suppose Jason, because he was there at the beginning, uh, have been doing this for four years. And I'm trying to plan out kind of a special episode for the four-year mark. A very which, special episode. Which should be should be interesting. It'll be almost like a review episode, but I, I'm hoping it'll be a little more entertaining than just like like a highlight reel. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh, like you're gonna do a clip show. Right, right, right. Like a lot of like a lot of TV series do this. The episode before the last episode of the season. I'm yeah. not going to do that. You're not doing a clip show. Okay, <laughs> not doing a clip show. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna. I hope. I hope it turns out good. I have an idea in my head for how this is going to work out. And Mark, I'll chat with you more about it, and the rest of the co-hosts. And hopefully, chat. hopefully we can get at least. I mean, I really hope we can get Jason on for that as well because it's going to definitely involve him. And it'll be interesting to see how he reacts to it. So nice. But anyway, that's the only other real announcement I have. I don't have anything else uh, to announce. I think um, I'm sure if Jason were here, he would tell you about B sides Delaware coming up. I think they announced a date. It'll be November, like the second weekend in November, I think. And they're doing it virtual via mm. Twitch. I feel like I'm not doing it justice here. But he didn't come, and he didn't put it in the notes. So whatever. <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah all I right the echo is gone now josh the echo is now i gone. turned my phone all the way down yeah. i old manned it i'm just gonna now close twitch on the phone because it just wasn't worth it now you're gonna eat all your bandwidth up like i did on the first time we eat did restream my... right that was weird <laughs> that that's gonna be well if we ever talk about solving a performance problem we're gonna talk about that one don't open all your streams at the same time don't open all your streams at the same <laughs> yeah don't cross the streams right that was dumb <laughs> yeah it was dumb man all right so so why are you mad at google i am mad at google all right so Anyone who's listened to this show for any amount of time know that I'm kind of invested in the Google ecosystem. I have a Google Pixel phone. I have, I have Google assistants all over my house. Um, they're really convenient. I can ask them to play music. I have accounts for myself and my wife and the kids, and we all get our own preferences. And if I ask it to play music, it plays music I like. And if the kids ask it to play music, it plays whatever they like. And they it don't play something terrible, of, no doubt. Yeah, right. And they don't kind of cross-pollinate, which is great, because if I ask it to play music, I want it to play music that I actually want to hear and not, you know, Disney tunes or like you got a Billie problem with Disney tunes? Or I don't necessarily have a problem with it, but I don't listen to them just for recreation. You don't want to build a snowman? Um, I mean, I'd love to build a snowman, but there's no snow outside. Do you want to build a snowman? Here it goes. <laughs> so earlier this week or maybe even over the weekend this past weekend yeah my kids come to me and say whenever we ask any of the devices to play music for us it now tells us that your account is not allowed to play allowed to play youtube videos like they're asking it place music for me or play this song or whatever and it says you can't play youtube videos which is by design, I don't have their account set up so they can play YouTube videos unless it's on YouTube Kids because they're young enough that I still think YouTube is too much of a cesspool for them. 
right? I'm 54 years old and YouTube's too much YouTube of a cesspool for me. YouTube's too much of a cesspool for you as well, right? So um, until they are old enough to know, you know, like what's good and what's bad, I don't want them on YouTube because there's just too much crap out there. Damn them, you, you responsible parent. I don't want them poisoned like that. You know what I mean? Mm. So I did a little bit of research on my own. Couldn't find an answer. I went to the YouTube, or sorry, the Google community, which is really the best way to get support for Google, which is kind of frustrating. I can't just like contact Google and go, hey, can you help me with this hey. thing that I pay for? Because I do pay for a YouTube music subscription, which used to be a Google Play music subscription until they turned off Google Play. And this will be relevant in a minute. Wait, Google turned off a service that they were previously weird. offering? That's totally weird. Who'd have thunk that? So uh, I went to the community and I said, this is the problem I'm having. And I got three or four more people that are like, yeah, that w the same thing is happening to my, my kids' accounts since about three or four days ago. What the hell's going on? And finally, like a, a Google Pro, I don't know if he's an employee or if he's just like a guy who does a lot of interactions with their community nate's got a guy got a guy uh he he can he chimed in he says try this try that try this other thing and get me this information and i did all that and i haven't heard back from the guy but one of the other people in the in the in the thread say hey i found this and it was a link to google's docs on how to set up a child account and what they can and can't do and under the list of things that you can do, it's like this, this, and that. You can have it tell you a story. You can have it play you the weather or the news. Uh, under the things it says you cannot do, it's listen to YouTube music. Now, like I said a minute ago, they've turned off Google Play Music, which is this music service that I used for years. Sure. Right? Which worked fine for the kids' accounts. And they've replaced it with YouTube music. So now all of a sudden... My kids can't listen to music because they didn't, either they've chosen not to allow this for some other reason, like maybe there's no filtering. That's the only thing I can figure, that YouTube music doesn't allow parental filtering or explicit content filtering. Or they just haven't fixed it or whatever. So now I'm at a point where I'm paying for a service. It worked fine until a few days ago. They changed something and now it doesn't work. Mm. So, of course, the pessimist in me which I try to suppress as often as I can, is like, this is going to be months. There will be months before Google does anything about this, if they ever do anything about it at all. Well, I don't suppose you want to be reminded of their track record on this one. Right. <laughs> I've had problems with Google in the past where, you know, it came down to like, there's a bug in your software, I report it, whatever, and it takes like six, eight months for them to actually do anything about it. Um, one of them was with Bluetooth on one of my old Pixel phones. In fact, it was my original Pixel, if I remember correctly. Bluetooth to my car stopped working with an update. And it's, it's like, come on, this is what Bluetooth is for. <laughs> this is why the protocol care. exists. And it stopped working. It would, like, crash the phone or something, if I remember correctly. It just stopped working. Um, that and, um, aside from that, you know, and their track record, and the previous things that the previous issues that I've had with them, uh, I recently started investing in Nest thermostat E's, which are like the the cheaper version of the Nest thermostat. They don't do quite as many of the learning features and whatnot, but mm -hmm. they are controllable thermostats. I have five heating zones in my house, 
right? Wow. So I've been buying them one or two at a time instead of spending a grand on thermostats because that's probably what it would come out to because they're like 160 bucks a pop. I have two of them so far, and I was about to buy another one. And the other day they announced this new Nest thermostat. I'm like, oh, cool, let's check that out. It's cheaper than the Nest thermostat. I'm like, oh, cool, maybe I can buy these instead. And I look at it. They're kind of the same concept. I forget what they're called now. But they're controlled by a different app. The, the Nest thermostats ease, ease are controlled by the Nest app. And mm-hmm. these are controlled by the Google Home app, which kind of makes sense. Uh, but I'm like, well, I don't really want two different apps to control my thermostats. I'd like them all to be in one place. So I'll go back to the Nest Thermostat E. Oh, no, those are discontinued. You can't because buy those anymore. of course they are. <laughs> so that's got me thinking. And again, maybe I'm being pessimistic. That's got me thinking. They're going to decommission my thermostat ease. Probably. Eventually, they're going to not work. Or they're going to move to the Google Home app. The optimist in me says they're going to move to the Google Home app. The pessimist in me says, no, they're just going to stop working because this is mm. a thing that Google has done in the past. So Again, their track record. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm not trying to drag it down, but they have a terrible track record. No, I mean, I agree with you. And I, to, as I said in the chat, most Google services have the half-life of freshly cut avocado. <laughs> I, which is <laughs> not me. long for those of you I, who don't eat avocado. I should have known better when I bought the Nest thermostats. Yeah, because probably. they did this once before with another Nest product. I forget what it was now. I didn't own that one, so I didn't care so much about it. But now that I'm looking back, I'm like, yeah, they did this once before. But it was something that people invested a bunch of money in, and now Google just said, you know what, we're not going to do that anymore. I we don't, don't we don't think that thing is is worth uh, supporting. So, and this just brings me full circle to the whole argument I've always had with cloud services and why the hell I'm not listening to my own advice. Uh I don't know, but cloud services that support things that you expect to last a long time, bad idea. Thermostats, right? How often do you change thermostats? I mean, ideally, I mean, if you change a thermostat every 10 to 15 years, I think that's frequent. The thermostats that currently exist in my house are probably from the 40s. Yeah, they're older than you by a because by a quite a margin. Some of them literally have a mercury switch in them. Nice, <laughs> right? They're that old. That's why I was that. replacing them. Uh, be- well, some of them are just flat out inaccurate because they're so old, right? So that's why I'm like, okay, I'm going to replace them with something that's modern and I can control with my phone and all this. Sure. Stuff. Look so I got you. Yeah, right. So I've I've started down the path, and Josh, I'm sure you're going to have lots of comments on this. I, I can just see you itching to type them into chat. I've started down the road of, is there a thermostat I can buy that has the features like the Nest Thermostat E, which is basically that I can schedule them and perhaps control them with my smartphone that does not have a cloud component? So my thermostat, in theory, I can control with my phone, but a couple of years back, they had to upgrade upgrade the security certs. And this has nothing to do with Google, by the way. Mm -hmm. And they had a procedure for how to replace them using an SD card. I could never get the certs to, 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 to refresh. So it can talk to the cloud service. So now I just set the fucking temperature using the thermostat as God intended. And you could certainly do that. And that's, I that... don't care enough. What I, I do I, with pencil it's a heat pump, right? So most of the time it's set on the, it's set to keep it in a range and it'll go air or heat as needed. So it'll right now, I think it's set to cool to 68 and heat to 66. Yeah, see, we have separate heating and cooling systems. I have. It's a. It's. I mean, yeah. it's. It's a very good heat pump. It's not that ver. It's not that old. It's. Yeah. It, it's really efficient. 
Um, but it wasn't worth re like my house is completely electric. I don't have gas. Mm -hmm. I don't have, I don't have oil. Everything's electric. Yeah. We have, we have gas, heat and electric cooling. Yeah. But now everything's electric. We cook with electric. We heat with electric. Um, we have city water and a septic tank. It's very pencil tucky. Very pencil tucky. <laughs> it is. I would have never bought this house if it had just been me and my family, but we needed a place that could fit my budget and fit my mother-in-law in, in yeah. 2007. Uh-huh. And this led to that, led to this, led to that. I mean, it's fine now. We've poured a, an F ton of money into it and we'll never get that back. But I'm okay if I die in this house. It's fine. I like it. <laughs> We've made it better. So I've started down the road of looking at this app called Home Assistant, and mm-hmm. I think it's Home Assistant, and it basically you can you can pop it onto a Raspberry, a raspberry Pi. And Josh can, likes that. You can control a number of things. Uh, yeah, Josh probably does like that. Uh, you can control a number of things like smart thermostats from the Home Assistant uh, app, or not app, but controller or whatever you call it. So uh, yeah, I'm looking into that, and I think before I replace any more thermostats, I'm going to learn a bit about that and figure out what I want to do. Groovy. So yeah, I'm angry at Google to the point where I may evict a, a number of Google services and switch from Google Play Music or sorry, YouTube Music over to like Spotify, like the rest of the I freaking just, world uses. I just use Pandora, and I I don't even remember. If I, I don't think I have a premium account, but I don't think it was that expensive if I wanted one. Yeah. But I got I got a Google. My 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 wife had bought some Google Homes on sale at one point, and my son had one that he just wasn't using it for, using for it. So now it's in the family room. So I, I'll occasionally yell over, hey, Google, play Drunken Pirate it's, Radio. And, it, you know, it does it with Pandora. They, they are so, they're, they're so, they are very useful. I mean, you can. But it doesn't you know, play we, Skyrim, which makes me sad. No, we, we use them to wake the kids up in the morning to come down for school because yeah, they, they're, up, phone for that. they're up in the attic, right? So, oh, right. You can actually use the paging. I should, I. I taught Sharon how to use that, but I think yeah. she forgot how to do that. Yeah, you can do like stuff like that. Like you're they a can... hoity-toity rich person with a yeah. with a with a, an intercom system in your house. Yeah, yeah. I like I have that. A, oh, it's gone now. I forgot. I took it out. But uh, there, my this house had an intercom system from like the '60s when we moved. That's in. amazing. It was like the old speaker on the wall thing. It was yes. literally right. Right Woman, there. bring me my soup. <laughs> <laughs> but as we as we're renovating and rooms, my slippers. We're, as we're renovating rooms, we're taking them out. <laughs> yeah. Bring me my soup and slippers, woman. But at any rate, I'm mad at Google again. I'm not gonna like pitch my or pitch my uh, my my Pixel and get an iPhone or anything like I did yeah. a couple years ago. But um, well, I I gotta be honest. I it, it feels like one or the other. You just hate them in different ways. <laughs> I just can't, I can't stir up that much emotion about what I consider essentially an appliance, but yeah, yeah, right. Right. It's really what it came down to. The reason I switched back from iPhone to Android is because I just liked the interface better. It, it's, it's not because it's quote unquote open source software, even though it's Google controlled open source software. It's not because I feel like it's more open. It's not, it's not any of that. It's, I like the interface better. That's it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sure. So, anyway, that's my rant on Google. It was a fine one, Nate. What do you got going on, Mark? So, um, so yeah, 
I, I'm a good citizen. I voted by mail. Um, and it was actually how this is relevant is that, um, I never actually had to leave my house for any of the process. Yeah. I actually, I'm, I'm on, I'm on the Facebook one day and it did this thing, you know, Facebook nags everybody, Hey, register. I'm like, you know what, what the hell? So I hit it and it took me to the the PA voter registration page. Uh, and, and of course I got, you know, a little, a little bit of paranoia. So I made sure I was actually mm -hmm. there. There's ways to do that, right? You can make sure you're in a prop out of your proper URL. You can, you, it was pretty obvious. This is it's, a, it's this legitimately at the all. website, right? Yeah. And so all it required was my driver's license. Um, and you know, my address, they mailed me a ballot for Northampton County filled the ballot out, put it in the security envelope, cool. put the security envelope in the big envelope, signed and filled out the outside of that, put it in my mailbox, put the flag up. And a uh, couple of days later, I got an email saying that my, uh, my ballot had been received uh, and they were processing it. And then another day or two later, I was informed it was recorded. So, cool. So they actually, yeah, I, I, I got the ballot electronically and they confirmed it via email that all was well. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. And what I can do is I, now I can just ignore these fools and all the political ads because it doesn't matter. I can just let it roll off my back. So <laughs> I'm happy about that. I should have included it. Um, there's a way to turn off the nagging in Facebook. Yeah, I didn't bother. I saw that, and I'll probably do that. Um, but, yeah, it's like, eh, I don't feel like searching this down. <laughs> I don't feel like following the infograph. I'm too lazy. Um, yeah, so that was, that was kind of cool, though. Um, I'm one of those guys who... Uh, there's there's a lot of people who are super into politics. I I ebb and flow, but I truly believe if you don't vote, then you give up your right to complain. I I, I honestly believe that. I've gone so, back and forth on that sentiment a number of times. Well, that's because... how I personally feel. I feel if I personally don't vote, I've given up my right to complain. So I so I I do vote, and then I can complain. And and uh, there's there's good people, I'm sure who feel they, they, they're allowed to complain and they didn't vote and more power to them. But that for me personally, um, I, I feel it's an important civic duty, even if, yes. even if it's a choice between, uh, between crap and crap <laughs> and lesser crap that will never be elected anyway. But hmm, what can you do? So I will say that on a positive note and a non-political note, it was good to hear how the process worked. The on or the eve or not e-voting. That's that's a place we'll probably never get e-voting. Um, the mail-in ballot. It's it's interesting to hear how the process worked because I wasn't aware there were so many validation points along the way. Yeah, and I felt pretty good about that. And and as funny, you know, what's funny to me is that people are like, "Oh, you got to vote in person," but the reality is. There, if there, if there's going to be chicanery, I mean, you've got fallible people handling those ballots uh, on the machines. 
Yeah. If if they're going to play games, they can do that right at the source. So my the the fact that I mailed it in and if I can't trust the US Postal Service in Nazareth, Pennsylvania, then all is lost, right? <laughs> if there if there's some vast voter suppression conspiracy operating out of Nazareth, PA, we're screwed, whatever. Yeah, I mean the the thing with those voting machines is they themselves are so proven insecure, right? That trying to compare those from a security perspective to mail-in voting is I mean, there's no argument. I think I think <laughs> it's really no there, argument there. It's just bad and bad. Yeah. The way to vote, <laughs> the way to vote is some sort of biometrics SSH key essentially, I think. And we'll get there at some point, but that's probably the right way to vote. But yeah, uh, also very excited. Um, I'm going to be presenting world domination with C groups under rel 8.2 to a group of red hat, uh, solution architects tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You're invited. I hope um, to attend. Yeah. And, and, uh, this is actually, I've done presentations on C groups and written blogs on them over the years. Over the summer, one of the one of our fellow Red Hatters asked me if my C groups presentation had a lab component, and I said, "Well, it's got demos, but it doesn't have a lab component. But I need to rework it anyway because it's gotten a little long in the tooth. So why not? And since sure. I do my best work, um, uh, when I have a deadline, I'm like, yeah, let's let's set let's set an actual date for this." So tomorrow's the big day. And if it goes well, and I think it will, um, then we can uh, maybe we'll do an Iron Sysadmin C groups thing. Yeah, I really think that'll be, I mean, and viewers, um, I think we mentioned this once before, but viewers and listeners, if anybody's interested in such a thing, please let us know. Um, I think what we'll probably do is try to put out some sort of official, like, you know, registration. I don't want to call it registration, but something to judge if anybody's actually going to show up if we put this thing on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we'll we'll go from there. So, Mark, we'll we'll chat about that offline about yeah. how we want to do that and when and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And we'll we'll come back with that. But yeah, and for this... those of you who are like, what's a control group? Uh, essentially, it's a way to do performance tuning in modern Linuxes. <clears throat> it's not just a Red Hat thing. It's they've control groups have been part of the Linux kernel for right. quite a while. Right. Uh, developed by two Yahoos from Google, in fact. Um, but with uh, System D, they went from something optional to something that every Linux distro that uses System D now supports. And mm -hmm. they give you much more advanced control over performance than the old classic U limit and things like that. I I'm a bit of a performance guy. I, I like, oh, hey, now. No, it's, it's a topic I find really interesting. <laughs> just like you like security i like i like performance and and that type of troubleshooting yeah good stuff i mean it's important it's uh performance tuning and performance troubleshooting are two things i just never got deep into i don't know why they're you a little black magic that, sometimes yeah you think that with all the time i've spent as, as a sysadmin it would have been like second nature but i don't know it just, they're hard security was more my thing um and i'm not going to say that i was like some security pro at that but you know I've learned quite a few things about it, so, you know. Sure. So that's that. So that's that. All right. So I think we're going to go to another break. Uh-huh. I know usually we don't take a break after the chat, but with this format of trying to do a three-section show that is equal parts, I think it makes sense to put a break here. Besides, my beer is empty. 
and I need more. Oh beer. no! So we're gonna go ahead and go back to our nice, cool music transitiony stuff, and we'll be back in a few minutes. See you guys. Who in. dares text me? Who dares? Are you a fan of the Iron Scissorman podcast? If you are, don't forget you can support the show via Patreon at patreon.com slash Or you can buy merchandise at teespring.com slash stores slash And thank you. All right, welcome back, folks. What? No music? See, we just we just had a little head game going on there. So we're good. On both transitions, we've now done that. Wait, is it is it this one? Yay! <laughs> Outstanding. Outstanding. No, wait, then we should do hold on, which one is it? Uh, I gotta learn the new ones. Uh, uh it's Can't here. you label these buttons? Like, is this like the old Enterprise where they control the ship and the buttons and stuff aren't labeled at all? Well, sort of. Here, I can show you. See, they're just buttons. They're just light-up buttons. They don't have icons or you but can't label? You see the screen on the top there? Uh-huh. The screen shows me... Oh, it's got a legend? ...what they're called. But the screen isn't usually in that view. It's usually in the the audio mm. meter view. This mm. makes for great audio podcasts again, by the way, folks. I was just showing Mark the, the mixer that, that Patreon that you and, all bought for him. and myself bought. It wasn't all Patreon. It was, you know. I, Patreon did what it was supposed to. It it helped very, fund the mixer. Yes, it helped it helped offset the cost of the mixer. I paid for about it's half like mom, of it myself. It's like mom and dad kicking some money in. Yeah, right. Right. So, you know, very appreciated. Very uh Thanks, Mom word? and Dad. Very much appreciated is the word I'm looking for. And I haven't even had that much beer yet, and I'm still having trouble speaking. Beer, gonna have to work on that. Gonna have to work on that. So, this is the part where we talk about the news, not the about news. the mixer and whatever else. But uh, here we are at the news. So, news. You remember the the TV specials? Like, here, I'll put it this way: at Christmas and Thanksgiving time. What TV specials come to mind? Well, I know what the answer is that you want. Of course you do. <laughs> but all but the listeners the... can right now in their head picture when you think about TV specials and this time of year, right? So Halloween and, and yeah, he's, he's singing it. Uh, Halloween and... and um, Thanksgiving, that's what we're looking What's for. What's the actual name of that tune I was singing? Do I don't you know, the know. Name is of there the a name for it? And, and Christmas. It's called Linus and Lucy. Really? That's that actually makes, called Linus and Lucy. That yeah. makes sense. Vin, that makes Vince Giraldi, I believe, is the composer. That's cool. Vince Giraldi's either the composer or he's a mob boss. I, Did, I, I, <laughs> was it composed for the show or was the absolutely. show named that in order to... Absolutely. <laughs> Linus and Lucy. So, now I got a look. So for me, right, for me... Halloween time, I think of the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown and the Garfield Halloween special. For Thanksgiving. Huh? I got it. Oh, you got it right. Good. Thanksgiving. I I got it right. I'm Uncle Mark. 
don't know what comes to mind for Thanksgiving, but for Christmas, it's the Peanuts Christmas special. Christmas every year. Time, every time. Christmas because time. because every year since like the 50s, wasn't it like 1950 something? It was the 60s, dude. 60 something? Color Whatever. TV. It was it was before I was born, so it's good enough. Every year I've been alive. The Peanuts have been on broadcast television every year around the holidays. Every year for so, Great Pumpkin. Lucy, which... You're still on this. It, 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 <laughs> no, because I'm telling you, it was recorded in 1964. Okay. So it was on the Charlie Brown Christmas soundtrack in 1965, which was before I was born. Hang on. Here we go. Charlie Brown. So it's a great pumpkin. Charlie Brown premiered on CBS in 1966. It's in the article that I'm the trying to lead I into. I was born. There you go. So um, the article that I'm leading up to is from, well, there's probably lots of places that have it. The one I picked is from WGRZ.com. Uh, it's a news outlet, as you might expect. Um, Apple now owns the rights to the Peanuts. And as such, content right owners, uh, they're not going to broadcast it on CBS or ABC like it has been for the past, what, 50 years? See, They're going to do it on Apple TV. Screw them. Screw them I, is right. So I have strong emotions about this because for, first you have to understand I hate commercial TV anymore. I don't watch TV with commercials. I but agree. yet, part of the Charlie Brown special experience is things like the York peppermint patty commercials and the Coke commercials, because those were like the, I, I, I'd want, I'd like to teach the world to sing the Coke commercial for that. Those were always synonymous, especially with the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Hmm. I wasn't aware of that. I guess I never really knew. And that little, doo -doo 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 -doo, uh, the, uh, the, the CBS, the little, the little animation with the sound effect, you know, special presentation, Mm -hmm. That that loop always played before them, so it was exciting. It was it was yeah part of the experience. Now you could say that this is just part of where the world is going, and it yes. we kind of we kind of asked for this, right? So Maybe I don't know if we you, did. I didn't ask for it. I don't know if you remember, but about I don't know ten or fifteen years ago, when streaming services really started to show up, <clears throat> and the the sort of wars over content started. Yeah, uh, a lot of people. Maybe not everybody, but a lot of people started saying, I really wish that I could I could do a la carte uh, TV channel purchases instead of these grouped channels that the that the cable companies like to force on us. Right. I wish I could spend a dollar a month on my on ABC and a dollar a month on CBS and, you know, a dollar a month on Comedy Central or, sure. you know, whatever channels I care about instead of having to pay one hundred twenty bucks a month for a cable package that has 80% of the channels I never watch, right? Guess what? We're here. Yeah. <laughs> here so, we are. So now, so now, yeah. now you pay for content channels based on who owns the content you want to watch. And I don't know if it's the world we all pictured, but it's the world we ended up with. <laughs> so now that I'm calming down a little bit, <laughs> the reality is, it's not really a tragedy so much as me being nostalgic for what yes. were fond memories growing up. And the reality is that Nerd Mark probably what does like the idea of knowing that I can watch those Charlie Brown specials whenever I want, if I own Apple TV, which I don't. Because there's other shows that 
I would actually pay for a streaming service if I could see them. Like uh, the $6 million man. I, I, I've never found that on a streaming service. And that was one of my favorite shows growing up. And I, and can you even, can you even pay to see that anywhere? Wait, watch it on NBC. What? <laughs> so now, you know, uh, there's a site I came across years ago. I don't know if it's still valid. No, this or is not. on it friggin' was... NBC. Are you kidding me? You're like, wait, I can go watch this. When it, did it's, they... it's, it's not a remake of it, is it? No, it looks like it's the actual. It looks like it's the actual. Cool. Well, oh, there you wow. Go. You, hmm. you, your life has changed hmm. now. Maybe it has. Are they going to screw me over and not have the whole series? Yeah, right. It's going to be like... through season one, episode six. Let's see what season two has. Season two, episode one. Why does it only go to six episodes? Maybe there were only six episodes per season. Uh, anyway, well, Mark, I don't to figure think that there out. were only six episodes per season. There, there is hope though um, for folks who still want to watch a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, and it's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown. Uh, there's going to be a couple days where they are still free on Apple TV, although I don't know if the article says one those days are. Yeah, it just says for a couple of days. It doesn't say what the mm. days are. Does it? Here, what's this? No, it just says when they debuted. Anyway, you will be able to watch them, but only on Apple TV, which I presume means you need to purchase Apple TV, or not purchase, because it said free. Uh, you'll have to have an account or something, I guess, to, uh. be able to watch it on Apple TV. But you will be able to watch them. And, of course, there's always, you could do what I did, which is purchase the DVDs at some point and watch them whenever the heck you want, right? So I, I have all that. three of these on my Plex Media server, which I know is marginally legal, even though I own the DVDs. Totally not legal. Totally not legal. But as we covered... I think in our last show. Was it our last show? No, it was it was since our last show. I'm totally a smuggler. So, you know, we're good. You think you're a smuggler. <laughs> I think we came to the conclusion that you're really actually not. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Anyway. Whether I'm a smuggler or not is a smuggler or not is still up for debate. You're not uh, but, a smuggler. There's no you debate. Can, you're not a smuggler. <laughs> Lawyers say they can't find the parents. Actually, some, oh, well, I'll tell you, C CBS has, well, I can watch some episodes of the $6 million man. Absolutely. It doesn't look like all of them are up there, but all right. Well, I'm kind rate, of excited about that. I, I am also sort of angry at the fact that uh, you can no longer watch the Peanuts specials on broadcast television, even though I don't even have broadcast television. I just don't. I don't have cable. I, I, think, I, this is, I, I think this is just like as you get older and things change, you start yeah. to understand why, why people who were older when you were younger would be cranky about certain things. I read, I read this funny little quote. Uh, probably on Facebook, it said, um, and it applies to me because I can see it in my own life. It says, Generation X, we complain about change like a boomer, but we adapt to it like a millennial. <laughs> so I'm at the very tail end of Generation X. And I'm so, at the very beginning of it because yeah. I'm technically not a baby boomer. Okay. 
I'm, so I'm you and I, you and I, I think are both technically Gen X. I am actually technically, depending on how some people define the break, I'm either a Gen X or a millennial. Because yeah. some people put the break right at 1980, and that's when I was born. So I think I think we're technically on extreme ends of the same generation, depending on what people who like to label people label us as. Yeah. So I don't like being labeled, but I don't really care about the label and what they say. Based on what I know about Generation X, I'm a Gen Xer. <laughs> yeah. I I fundamentally I believe him too. Yeah. I consider myself a very lucky member of the generation that you could still totally from scratch become a computer nerd and turn into a computer professional on your own essentially without having to do formal formal schooling and stuff like a wild west type of a situation yeah that's how i like yeah me if i were born 20 years later i don't know what would happen yeah i feel like i guess i would have had to study better it's a much harder thing to do now right Maybe thirty years later, because I I always joked I that know. I was I was born twenty years too late or ten years too late because I I missed all the like cool forming of the technology that I loved so much, but really but looking back cool at it now, now. right? Look at, so look at today, look at how cool stuff is today. Right. Looking back at it now, it's like yeah, I missed some of the real formation of like computers and whatever, but a lot of that sucked. We've waited a long, <laughs> you know. I'm we not wait. I'm not upset that I missed punch cards. Guys like me have waited a long time for for what's essentially the closest thing we have to the holodeck now with the virtual reality. Right? And right. climbing I've, into climbing into a TIE fighter. And you've I've, got you probably have 20 extra years on me that you'll be able to experience all this stuff. I've always said that uh, we get closer and closer to Star Trek every uh, every year. I mean not a bad some, place to approach. Some of it we are living right now. I mean uh, smartphones are essentially like a communicator and a, and one of those little pad tablets that they used in Star Trek Next Generation yeah. uh, wrapped into one, right? So. Pretty much. And that seemed completely outlandish when it was in Star Trek The Next Generation. Like, what? A computer so thin what? you can carry it around like a notebook? That's impossible. That can't what? happen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so speaking of things that shouldn't happen, or maybe can't happen, but shouldn't happen, uh, this is from the Taiwan Times, and I don't know if this is actually a Taiwan-based newspaper, because it's all in English, it doesn't feel very uh, Asian, um, mm-hmm. but um, I stumbled across this a couple days ago, and it really put up a couple of red flags in my head. Uh, Japan COVID vaccine program hit by Chinese cyber attacks. Let that sink in for a second, right? So the virus, by all accounts, originates in China. And now China, China, quote unquote, right? We don't, obviously not the whole country, but some, some attackers from China are attacking uh, research facilities, cyber attacking research facilities that are working on COVID vaccines. I don't know if this is just coincidence, like they see it as a target for something to, to steal or something to make money on, or oh. if there's something more nefarious at play there. Um, but the I... article alludes to attacks that were on other uh, other facilities as well. It's just that this one is focusing on these... these uh... I, skimming through the article, I'm going to say that it was... It, it It's not necessarily targeted at 
COVID itself. It looks like yeah. it's maybe a broader type of attack. Could be. You're using infected email attachments. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it is. Hmm. Right, so I guess that's a valid question, right? Is it just like they the, see an entity to attack and they don't really yeah. care what it is, right? But so, so, but I guess, and maybe I'm too naive here. Shouldn't we be working together, like as a yes. as the human race? That's like kind of my point. Open research to try and crack this thing. That's my point. Um, like we shouldn't, you shouldn't be trying to steal somebody's research. We should be. Oh, I, I guess maybe I'm tur- maybe I'm turning into a bit of a hippie in that. <laughs> You're an open source hippie. Well, about certain things I am. If this coronavirus is, is as bad as we are saying it is, then then fuck slow and research down so that one or two companies can make a profit yeah. on a vaccine for it. Unfortunately, Look at how much economic damage has been done by it. I mean Unfortunately, that seems to be the approach that everybody's taking to finding a COVID vaccine. Yeah. It's the and same old approach pharma. we've taken from everything. I, my prior, I've talked about it often. I used to work at Merck and I've heard the other, I've heard the arguments of, oh, they just want to make money. And it does cost, it does take a lot of money to to, to do research and to get a drug to market in this country. That's, 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 that's absolutely true. But I think there's a point where, especially when you have something like COVID, I, we need to be a little more collaborative. I believe. I agree. I agree. I, th- I think that disease in general, healthcare in general, should have a much different approach than industry does, right? Industry, I get it, right? You invent a thing. It's not necessarily for the betterment of mankind. It's because you thought up an idea. You probably deserve some compensation for that. Yeah. With healthcare, it's like a whole different ballgame for me, right? I feel like healthcare should be a thing that the world is working together to make a better a better place, right? And that's really not the way it's handled today, at least from my perspective. And I guess from your perspective that has a little more exposure to it, um, it's really, it's just like any other industry. It's, it's, this is my intellectual property. You can't have it. You know, I don't care if we're fighting for, <laughs> you know, the better good here. Um, this is, you know, I'm going to make money on this thing. And that, yeah. that, it just seems wrong when it comes down to, to making people healthier. I don't know. I like this next article. Should we move on from this because it's getting too dangerous? <laughs> the next article is good, and this no, comes... this is cool. This is nerd. Like this, this comes is from... this is a nerd celebration. Yeah, I am. I am like fascinated with this article. I wish I had more time to research it before the show. I only I only came across it yesterday, uh, and this is from ScienceAlert.com, which I mean, alert alert. Who doesn't want science alerts, right? NASA just successfully touched down on an asteroid. They sent a probe to an asteroid, folks. An asteroid. Can you imagine how much math was involved in lining up a probe launched from Earth to hit an asteroid? I don't know how big the asteroid is. Maybe it says somewhere in the article here. That looked like it was pretty big. Well, I mean, it's going to have to be. about it coming towards Earth. It's one of the most potentially hazardous asteroids with a non-negligible chance of impacting the Earth at some point in the 22nd century. Get Bruce Willis on the job. Yeah, Have right. I ever told you that, that Armageddon <laughs> is one of my true guilty pleasures? Really? I know it's a totally shitty movie, 
like the science is like so bad, but I, it's one of those movies. I just, I just, just totally get into, I'm like crying. No, don't blow up Bruce Willis. Ah. And it's just like, you know, right here, man. When, Oh. I I saw that movie in when theaters. When starts starts like just and, and the rockets are launched. Like, yeah, USA, USA. <laughs> I Love watched that, that movie. movie in theaters when it was new. Oh, that had to be spectacular. And I don't think I've watched it since. <laughs> guilty <laughs> Sorry. pleasure. Sorry, I Mark. admit it's a guilty pleasure. Sorry, Mark. I just I remember feeling like the movie. And I don't know anything about the backstory of like who funded the movie or whatever. It felt like Steven Tyler wanted a reason to release an album and put his daughter in a movie. Because <laughs> there was so much Aerosmith in that movie. <laughs> well, that's what made it. That's one of the things that made it good. All right. It just, it just it we, felt we like clearly it, we clearly have different perspectives on the cinematic masterpiece that is Armageddon. <laughs> I'll say that that was, if I remember correctly, so I was like a... The core was weak. That I had wanted to, to like the core. That had got, to have got, been released in like, in chat. like 97, 98, that that released, maybe 99. Armageddon came out around the same time as another asteroid going to hit the Earth movie that was, called Deep, Deep Impact. That was my point, right? That was like the summer of asteroids destroying the Earth movie. Yeah. Right? Deep Impact had, had James Caan... Um, I'll say that I saw both of the Godfather oh. and Morgan Freeman is the president, which yeah. is cool. But, but uh, deep impact was a lot less fun. I'll say that I it, saw both. And the only one that I can remember anything from was on had Frodo Baggins. It did. Yeah. Frodo Baggins deep was did? deep impact. Frodo Baggins was the, uh, was the main, was the kid who discovered the asteroid. Really? Yeah, that was Frodo Baggins. Wow, that's right. They had to go hide in the caves. Right, and he married the he married the 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 chick. Elijah Wood. It was Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood. Yeah. I don't even remember him being in it. Yeah. That's what, that's how much I remember about Deep Impact. It was modern. <laughs> I remember more about Armageddon. Like, the, the, the the tidal wave scenes at the end were good, but yeah. The, anyway, had, my it had, yeah. My point was, was a much fun, much more fun ride. My point was, you like Armageddon. I remember I there were other I'm there were other asteroid so. movies in that summer, and the only one I remember anything about was Armageddon. So maybe you're right, and it was the best of the. I, I want to say there were three. Weren't there three? Well, there was one called the Core, which Josh brought up, which had nothing to do with an asteroid. That had to do with the the Earth the the Earth uh, the, the the center of the Earth was going to stop spinning. The, uh, the core of the earth and they needed to nuke it to, to keep to yeah. start it spinning again. I saw that one too. It was pretty dumb. Uh, and then obviously, you know, 2012 where there, they had the, the wacky magnetic yeah. field shift. Right. I didn't John see that Cusack. one. I didn't see that one. John Cusack. <laughs> 2012 was all right. You had Woody Harrelson as the crazy guy who lived. No, in I did see that. I, I remember Woody yeah. Harrelson as the crazy guy that lived in a trailer out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did see that. Twenty twelve anyway. had way too many. Just by the skin of my teeth, I didn't die. Moments with with the with the planes taking off and landing and getting to China and not dying. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting. But twenty twelve was moderately enjoyable. 
This was this was at the point in my life where like going to the movies was really the only thing I ever did. So I've seen all of these in theaters. Yeah, that was Danny like Glover was life. the president, and the yeah. the the, the, the JFK got tidal waved onto the White House. <laughs> yeah, one of you my nightmare were... one of my nightmare deaths, by the way, is death by tidal wave, death by tsunami. Oh, so, yeah, so it sounds like I a find, terrible way to go. It does, unless like, you're crushed but, but by that. The... So, so horror movies or disaster movies that feature tidal waves, they're like they're they're. they're I find them both fascinating and horrifying at the same time. You know how you'll watch things that you're scared of. Yeah, it's like a, yeah. yeah. So that's me. Boy, so at I'm, any rate, if we I'm, want to I'm talk about to another one star review from somebody, if we want to talk I about movies, he likes, we should, he liked Armageddon. He liked Armageddon. <laughs> we should, we should wait until, uh, Charles is on the show because he probably has a billion things to say about all of these movies. Hey, um, he could have been on tonight because he's all about bad movies. That's just like one of his hobbies aside from Don't trains. Don't call an Armageddon a bad movie. Well, no, B movies. I guess Armageddon's not a B movie, or at least it wasn't when it was released. Now it could be a cult classic if you like Aerosmith. Because that's essentially what that movie was. It was it was a very long Aerosmith video. <laughs> We're gonna have to watch it again. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that on the next non D and D night. We can watch <laughs> Armageddon over over uh, over Discord. I don't know. Would we get? Would we get? Um, I don't know. I guess we. I was gonna say we should do like an airing of the Iron Sissman podcast where we just watch Armageddon <laughs> and critique it. But we probably can't do that. <laughs> We'd get a we'd get a takedown order, you figure? Yeah, right. Get arrested yeah. or something, sued. I was arrested. My car was in. So there was anyway, no there was a point to this article. Grounded. It wasn't. It wasn't just. Sat, we landed a rocket on right. an asteroid. It wasn't just and sucked so, up some material. Yes. And we basically space probed it. So here's the thing, though, right? So it wasn't just that we landed on an article. It wasn't just that it we sucked up an article. I did say article, didn't I? Landed you on did. an asteroid. <laughs> it wasn't just that we sucked up dust from the asteroid or article, <laughs> which is essentially what happened, right? As it landed, it kicked yeah, it up dust, sample. and then it sucked in the sample, right? But it's going to return to Earth, which I think is the most impressive part of this whole thing. Yeah. That not only can we send it to space, not only can we land it on an asteroid, but we can send it back home which I think is pretty cool. So all the other times we've done things like this, at least that I'm aware of, it's always been collect samples and send back data. Yeah. Right? And You're it's not effectively a controlled back. crash. Right. 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 Uh, excuse me. And there's no relaunch. There's no go back home. It's send back data. Now they're actually going to bring back, uh, yeah. you know, some weird space virus or, you know, data. <laughs> so what they're going to do, and this is really friggin' cool. They're going to... They're going to analyze the sample, and if there wasn't enough, they're going to land it again in January on a backup collection site on the asteroid. Oh, really? I didn't read that part. Yeah. It's got uh, three bottles of nitrogen, for, so it can do this three times. It can try That's samples awesome. three times. It is awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. So, so yeah. And then the sample should arrive in twenty twenty three. Man, talk about long returns, long game. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. 
Well, didn't it take like five years for the first uh, rover to get to Mars? Wasn't it five years? It took a long time. Yeah. I remember being a kid and reading stuff like that. Like, it'll take X number of years. I'm like, are you kidding me? I don't want to wait that long. Five years. I don't want to wait. Now it's like five years. I could do five years standing up. <laughs> yeah, right. Five years. What? Like nothing now. My kids are 10 and six. Yeah. Five years. It's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Are you, are, are you trying to invite Josh to our D and D game? It's yeah, of, I told him there's, I got a lot of players as it is, dude. I know. I know. <laughs> Like if, if when Landsman starts playing again, it's what, seven? That's fine. Yeah, it's a lot of what players. Are, I got to balance encounters. It's not like we have to fit in your living room or something. Uh, I got to balance encounters and, and I got to take into account apparently that Surge can apparently charm anything <laughs> now. Oh. Uh, anyway, all right. So our last news article for the night comes from the Washington Post because I couldn't find it elsewhere. Um, well, Wapo. I lie. I didn't try to find it elsewhere. I'm sorry. Maybe you could find it elsewhere. <laughs> um, I don't care. U.S. government concludes Iran was behind threatening emails sent to Democrats. Now, the story behind this, and this is another one that actually made my morning news, which is why I, I added it here, because I thought it was, it was kind of an interesting one. It is related. Hang on. So apparently a bunch of folks, registered Democrats, uh, received what amounted to threatening emails from a group claiming to be the Proud Boys. Now, you've probably heard about the Proud Boys I've on the heard news of them. Uh, because they're this arguably white supremacist. Um, maybe arguably is the wrong word. They're a white supremacist group, mm. right? Uh, Considering that... they're founded by a guy who's not a white supremacist himself or even white, that's arguable that we're not going to okay. go down that rat hole. All right, so I'm not going to get too deep They've into been what the Proud Boys are. Group, They've been but, labeled as yeah. a white supremacist group. How's that? I don't know much about them at all, so I don't want to go too off the deep end there. Anyway, the news would like to tell you they're a white, not white supremacist group. Anyway, they've been in the news because Donald Trump was asked directly about them at one point, and he refused to answer, basically. Uh, so now that they're in everyone's mind, they're being used in this campaign to basically sow dissent uh, within, with Democratic voters. With Democrat vote. Is Democratic the right word? I guess it is. Democrat mm, I voters. I think so. Um, they're basically receiving threatening emails uh, based on... So this is like your classic fish campaign, right? They've taken public voter registration information, which I wasn't aware of some of this was public, but apparently, according to the article, it is. Public voter registration information that basically says who you're, what party you're registered to vote with. Uh, they've taken probably information from various other dumps that have been pulled from other uh, sites, right? Things like email addresses and passwords. And they're emailing these people saying, you're registered Democrat. We have all this other information about you to sort of prove the credibility that I have somehow obtained this information about you which makes you feel like it puts you off balance, tells you like, you know, makes you feel like they know something about you. And if you don't vote for Donald Trump, we're going to come find you. Right. And then um, they say, we want you to switch your voter registration to prove to us that you've received this email and that you're going to 
uh, a vote for Donald Trump. Now, what switching your registration has to do with who you're voting for is beyond me, but apparently that's that's basically what this this is sort of trying to force. Right. People, uh, right? So, um, supposedly the U.S. government has tied this back to an Iran attack. Now, Iran, of course, is saying like, nope, that wasn't us. Of course. Uh, why do we care about the U.S. election? We don't. We don't care about the U.S. election in Iran. Now, when they say Iran, does that mean that they've they've supposedly tied it to government actors in Iran, or is it just people that live in Iran? Right? Attribution is really, really hard when it comes down to this stuff, especially when you're talking about email, where so much of it can be spoofed. Um. Anyway, of course, Iran's like, it wasn't us. It was totally some group within the U.S. that wants to sow dissent, <laughs> right? So uh, at any rate, uh, this is a thing, and we've included the article. I heard about it on the news. Maybe you have, too. Uh, it seems like kind of a big deal to me, uh, especially if Iran is trying to get involved in trying to <laughs> affect our, the outcome of our election uh, like, like Russia did back in 2016. Anyway, I've talked a lot. Mark, you have any commentary on this? <laughs> I've dug us into a deep enough hole. <laughs> I'm going to say the same thing I've said about people bitching about the supposed Russian interference in the last election. Mm -hmm. If our election is so fragile that a bunch of stupid Facebook yeah. posts can meddle with it, we deserve to be meddled with. So, I mean, here's the deal, right? It's it's not that the election system is fragile. It's that people are fragile. Well, then, then I don't know what to tell you. Because, again, if, 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 we're, if we're saying that my Russia, that they, that they were able to swing the election because of spending a couple of thousand dollars on Facebook ads in 2016... And this is a similar similar idea. Send out some fake emails. I mean, what I, I this is this is obviously not good. It's it's probably illegal. It certainly is not very tasteful. But I mean, this is the kind of crap that's going to happen. Yeah. And people just need to understand that. You know to to. You know, we, I already talked about voting, right? I consider voting very important and being an informed voter very important. I am informed enough in my politics that Russia can spend as much money as they want on Facebook ads. Some, whether it's the Proud Boys themselves or some actors in Iran, can send me whatever emails they want. It's not going to sway me. I feel like you're in the minority, though. I think there's a lot of people... Yeah. Who, oh, yeah. Oh, there's, there's way too many stupid people who we let vote, but that's the way we do it here. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, but I mean, the, the fact that a foreign actor is trying to influence our election, like that bothers me all by itself. Well, then then wake up, my friend, because what do you think the United States has done for the past hundred friggin years around the world? Yeah, I guess you're we right. We've interfered in so many elections <laughs> A lot of it was during the Cold War, obviously. I mean, that was our thing. We did a little more than interfere in certain elections. We screwed with other, we've screwed with sovereign governments. And I lean conservative, and I'm sitting here getting annoyed thinking about that. So we do not, we, we as a country 
do not have a clean record and can hardly sit back and be all offended about that. So especially in a world where everybody's global and connected, we can't sit back and complain that people in other countries are trying to interfere in our elections. We have to, we have to understand that, especially as a superpower, people feel that they have a vested interest in what happens with the United States. Yeah. I remember back when John Kerry lost to George Bush for George Bush's second term. Mm -hmm. There was a concerted effort prior to that election from European allies to beg across the internet for us to not reelect George Bush. And then there were a bunch of Americans who, who after George Bush won a second term, there was a website where they put pictures of themselves holding signs saying, we are sorry. Now I voted for George Bush the second time. I wasn't sorry. Yeah. But this was, this was the game. So yes, in, in, in the, in the 21st and 20th century, with social media, your elections are going to be interfered with. If by that you mean people are going to try to sway people to a different point of view, and they will not always use open and clear tactics. They will sometimes be shady. They will sometimes use propaganda and it is up to people to, it is up to people to, to, to learn how to think. Because yes. quite frankly, if we are that dumb that we are misled by stupid Facebook memes, then we get the government we deserve. So, I mean, that's the thing, right? Look at how many people, I mean, we've talked about this a hundred times on the show. How many people have bought into the fact that 5G spreads COVID or that Bill Gates is trying to microchip us with a vaccine? Right. There's a lot of stupid people out there. Right. And conspiracy theories multiply. Right. And, and that's a shame. <clears throat> it is a shame. I don't know but that there's any way to with. fix that other than to have a smarter public. Well, right? you know, my dad and I, we would joke with each other because because most me and my family are, I, I, it's going to sound arrogant, but me and my family have always been smarter. We're, 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 we're above average. Well, if, if a certain group of the population is above average intelligence, then, you know, there's going to be people who are at average and then there's going to be people below average. And they're going to fall for stuff. And maybe it's not even that they're dumb. It's just that they're not street smart or they yep. don't have common sense or they just want to believe everything they read. There's there's generations that were brought up to believe everything they read. Well, that's kind of the thing, though, right? The reason that fish email works, and I'm trying to simplify this, the reason that fish email works is because the people that are creating it have gotten good at figuring out how to basically mind hack you. Right. right. It doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how street smart you are. Uh, you might be less likely to fall for it if you're more, say, savvy in IT or whatever. But I've seen some pretty darn convincing fish. Yeah. Some of which I may have even fallen for. I may have fallen for fish in my life and not even known it. Right. So I've well, I've had. I've had credit cards compromised that I couldn't figure out how it happened, right? Was I it that I was fish from last show? Right, exactly, right? So was wow. it was it really that that I was skimmed on a on a on a gas pump or was it that I simply wasn't vigilant enough and I put my credit card into a website that I shouldn't have? Yeah. Well, think of even telephone scams, right? 
I mm-hmm. weep when I think of all the of all the more vulnerable, especially older people who who are on the phone with the scammer who convinces them he's her Microsoft Microsoft tech support, and if they'll go down to Walmart or Target and buy gift cards, yeah, you know they'll fix their computer. Right. Um. I remember about ten years ago, my phone would ring, my cell phone would ring. And especially when I was with older people, they'd be like, aren't you going to answer that? I'm like, nope. Nope. Don't recognize that number. They were shocked that I'm not answering the phone because Mm -hmm. there was a whole generation condition that when the phone rings, you answer it. You have to answer it. And not only do you answer it, but you assume that everything that the person on the other end is saying is true. Right. No. No, I, I never answer. The only time I ever answer this phone is that if it's a number I know... And if I'm in the mood to answer it. Right. But if, if it rings and, and you're not on my contact list, I'm not answering. Mm-hmm. And if you don't leave me a voicemail, there's a 0% chance you and I are interacting. And if you do leave me a voicemail and you're wanting to talk about my car's extended warranty or this <laughs> or that or the other thing, <laughs> you're now getting, that number is now getting blocked. Yeah. But then they'll just call from that one number plus one. So I don't care. And we'll play the game over and over again. Yeah. But yeah, that's me. And there's plenty of people who who as per, you know, they 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 they, they don't psychologically harden themselves. Oh, it's 9:10. We did not do an hour and a half. Well, maybe we'll edit it down a little lighter. Yeah, there's two breaks to take out. So I think but, we we might be close. Yeah. So well, the point is, should we be concerned that Iran is attacking us? I I think it's annoying, but I think really it speaks more to when you have open communication and an open society and there's bad actors at play, it is better to educate people and to teach them to think critically. Yep. People should be smarter or less trusting. Is that the word? (laughs) I think people just need to be a little more resilient as well. A little more resilient in their opinions, willing to willing to look at data, but, like yeah. I said, not, there's not a Facebook ad or an email that's going to change my mind when it comes to political stuff because I sit back and I analyze and I figure out how do my interest and, and my morality and how does that align with how I vote. And that was very difficult, this election. I, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and, and my wife doesn't even know who I voted for. Yeah. And the thing is, is I have friends, I have people I love who are very far on the left. I have people I love who are very far on the right. Uh, I have people I love who are torn in the middle. It It's not worth, it's not worth villainizing or demonizing or even bat- patting people on the back because they voted for either the same or different person yes. that, that I did. It's just not worth it. Because really what it comes down to is a vote is your personal choice. And it's the one, right. it's, it's one of the few things anymore that is literally just your business. It's between you and the government. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Really is what it comes down to. So I'm not telling you if I voted for Trump. I'm not telling you if I voted for Biden. I'm not telling you if I voted for some third party. Um, I, I, I want to vote for uh, Vermin Supreme. Vermin Supreme, because you want a pony and you want, a, you want boots on your head. And I want, And I want all the police to have to dress up as Barney. But what I what I wish people would do is instead of getting in these social media brawls and 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 buying and and trying to 
change people's minds with memes yes. is, is, is understand that there'll never be a perfect, there'll never be a politician that fits you perfectly. Yep. You really got it. You got to study the issues. Yep. And honestly, who, I, and I mean this when I say this, in an ideal world, whoever the president is actually shouldn't, doesn't impact you at all. It's, it's the people local because mm -hmm. they're the ones setting your school taxes. They're the ones who are making zoning decisions, which determines whether or not large trucks are driving right through your neighborhood. It's the local, it's your local politicians you should be paying more attention to. So I'll put in just one more comment because we are veering into the political landscape that I try to avoid so much. Yeah, but I try, I'm trying to stay nice and neutral. No, I get it. Um, I'll say that too many of us are trying to tie our morality to the president. Hmm. And realistically, it just doesn't work that way. So whoever the president is, isn't going to change like, uh, people who are of a, well, we'll just say it as, uh, people who are of a, of a Christian faith feel that the entire country, maybe not everybody, but a lot of them feel that the entire country, because this country was sort of founded on the principles that were vaguely Christian. I mean, it was, it was founded by Christian people. It's all over the founding documents of our, of our country. Um, but because the country has been mostly Christian, sort of, uh, what sort of like we're judo Christian for so long, it sort of shared the morality of Christianity. And now that's changing. There's a lot of Christians Specific, who are specifically a, a, a particular brand of Protestant Christianity. Right. And so a lot of that's changing now, right, with with a lot of the movements around the world or around the country that are for things that are generally viewed as against that morality. Um, all of a sudden, they feel that power shifting away. And so they feel like they need to elect people who follow that morality for the sake of preserving the morality and not because of what that person actually stands for. Am I making sense? <laughs> I, I, I think you're making sense. And I'm, I'm going to say that I don't, we don't, we don't go down this path very often on the show. Right. And I don't go down this path very often in my nerd world. Um, but it doesn't take much Googling to kind of figure out where I land. Um, I actually was, was raised Catholic, walked away from that when I was a teenager, uh, returned to more of the evangelical church in my twenties and danced with the evangelicals for 25 years. I actually, this last year became serious and returned to the Catholic church. So I'm a air quote, serious Catholic. I can give you valid arguments as to why Donald Trump is the right choice. And as to why Joe Biden is the right choice from a Catholic perspective. And right. I can do the complete opposite. I can tell you why from a Catholic perspective, Donald Trump is a terrible choice and why from a Catholic perspective, Joe Biden is a terrible choice. The reality is, is politics is really its own thing. Yes. And it does not, it generally will not ever mesh with your personal right. religion, your personal or lack thereof, your, or other personal viewpoints. They, they, the two just don't usually go together. That's kind of the point I'm trying to make, right? So, so that way can lie madness. There's a lot of people who associate the far right with Christianity. I don't know why that is. 
but that's that's sort it's of actually the, a the fascinating it's a fascinating study that began in the 80s with the moral majority and i yeah. highly rec i i would recommend you look into that when you have some hobby time it's actually pretty freaking fascinating but it's the the, the bottom heartbeat, line is yeah. the bottom line is um faith and politics do not mix they just don't and anyone that's trying to tell you that they do mix is trying to convince you to vote for a certain party, and that's yeah. not the reason you should vote for those people. Because faith, all they're yes. all they're uh, trying to do is take your loyalty toward a faith and turn it into a vote. And right. That's right. that's not that's not why you should have a faith, and it's not why you sh should vote for people. I agree. But faith faith should help guide your decisions in your life. It should it should help be a compass to you. And I don't think I don't think there's anything wrong with public figures having a particular faith or not having a particular faith, the constitution right. specifically, not everybody knows this. The constitution specifically says there is, you cannot have a religious test to either right. be elected or right. to serve in an, in, in an office. So we were pretty, we, we mean that. Right. Um, but so many people take that be as a reason right. to vote for people. It, but it, it is, a, it is a, it is uh it's turned into a bit of a mess. Yeah. And I, I will say, just for the sake of balance, the same thing applies to the other side of the spectrum. If you if you do not have faith and if you if you oppose folks who do. Right. So if you're if you're opposed to organized religion or if you're opposed to Christianity or opposed to faith in general, it seems like the general trend is that people expect you to be left far left. Right. That doesn't have to be that's, true either. That's a that that's certainly an expectation. An yeah. expectation. It, you know, I know a couple of hardcore atheists who are serious conservatives. Right. See, right it, it doesn't have to be one or the other. I know no, plenty of Christians who are very Democrat. Very democratic. I don't know. Whatever. I always feel like that's the wrong word because democratic is like you're well, it's you know, it's a nerd thing. You're overloading words. And now we this will get us our one star rating because some yeah I'm we going way off. Path. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and say that that's that's it. Uh, Josh makes a very good point in the chat. Just, just go, go vote. vote. <laughs> this is probably and the last show we're gonna have brain. before. This is the last show we're gonna have brain. before election day. So get out there and vote. I don't care who you vote for, but go vote with whoever you think is gonna be the right leader for the country. Um, we try not to influence people's votes here, and if we got too political in this part, <laughs> this part of the show, I apologize for that. I, uh, we I don't, don't think we crossed that. any lines, right? I think I, we just I, we just got real. I I always try to see both sides of every argument, and that that includes sometimes there's arguments. more than two sides. You're probably you're sometimes right. Sometimes there are many many sides. There are several sides. So at any rate, we've rambled long enough. More important, follow the Will Wheaton rule. Doesn't matter who you vote for, just don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. It's a good way to go about it. <laughs> All right. So if you want to watch this train wreck live, <laughs> you can do so via YouTube or Twitch now on the second and fourth Thursday of every month, unless no we have some kind of a though. conflict. No MySpace. I'm sorry. We could try. Maybe Restream will stream to MySpace. I haven't looked into that. Who knows? But now that we're paying for it, maybe it's an option. Uh, right, so youtube.com slash podcast or twitch.tv slash podcast. I don't know if you're detecting a trend there. Podcast, wherever you want to go. 
you can also join our Matrix community, or if you really want to join the Slack community because you don't want to deal with something new because you're a boomer, See, I worked that in. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> we can send you an invite to the Slack workspace. If you really want it, just hit me up on Twitter. Either hit up the Iron System and Podcast on Twitter or look for me, Gangriff, and just ask, and I can send you an invite. The Slack workspace is not going anywhere. Uh, it's just I'd like to see people move into the Matrix community because it's a lot easier to manage because it's a little more open than Slack is. It's also okay, free and Boomer. open source, which is cool. Um. Find us on Twitter, of course, like I just mentioned, Iron Sysadmin, and Facebook. Just look for Iron Sysadmin. You can watch the show there as well on show night. If you want to just watch via Facebook, uh, you can do so, even though I don't think anybody does. I don't know if anybody actually ever really interacts with us via Facebook. So if you're a Facebook user, go look up the, the Iron Sysadmin podcast page and just say like, hey, I'm here because I want to hear about it. <laughs> Uh, and of course, if you want to donate to the show, you can do so via Patreon, patreon.com slash ironsysadmin, or via the Teespring shop, you can buy merch that helps the show out, uh, teespring.com slash stores slash ironsysadmin. And I think I've talked enough for tonight. Mark, you have any last words? Uh... How about good night? Good night works. I think good, good night works. Good. I I had fun tonight. I really thought we were gonna. I really thought we were gonna. Uh, we were close. We were close, and then things kind of just kind of and right then, off the rails. And then it went off the rails. But, but the good how, news is that's how it happens. I don't know how to tell. I don't know how to tell anybody this. If you don't want to listen to the political and religious nonsense, you uh, just l drop the last ten minutes. You could, you could. In fact, yeah. I could, I could just delete them, and you'll never hear them. No, I don't delete them. I don't want to do that. I think our, hey. I think our, I think our audience likes us enough that uh, we got, we got, Mark, we can get away with doing that. We got Mark with a K in the chat on Facebook saying good night. So we got a viewer on Facebook. Yay! <laughs> All right, folks. With that, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching. Thanks for, for hanging in for our, our little bit of a tangent there. And we'll see you next time. Have a good one.